One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Are you ready? Are you ready for the Smackdown Review podcast? Just my name is Phil Chambers and I am not joined by Gareth because he's a massive part-timer and he's gone away for the next two weekends. So it'll be me on my own, but maybe next week we'll have a little bit of a special guest. We'll have to wait and see for that one. But yes, uh, this is the podcast all about Smackdown. But before we get into it, make sure you do subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever the hell you get your podcast from. Because we do daily wrestling podcasts. We do wrestling podcasts about Raw, wrestling podcasts about Smackdown, wrestling podcasts about AEW, wrestling podcasts about NXT, wrestling podcasts about uh, Roundup Discussions, wrestling podcasts that are Roundup of the Weeks, complete with bloody good quizzes, of course, on wrestle culture. I completely lost my train of thought in the middle of that when I said AEW. Um, anyway, this podcast is about SmackDown, a uh, big show last night coming off the back of WrestleMania Backlash, and we opened it up with a parade of champions, whatever that might be. Michael Cole was trying to describe it. I don't know. Um, Sonya Deville was in the ring, and she broke the news about the WWE returning to live crowds finally in July. And then she welcomed this parade of champions and ran down all of the SmackDown champions for some reason that's still not really explained at all. She talks about Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio, who won the titles on Backlash, of course. WrestleMania Backlash, sorry, sorry. Uh, She talked about Natalya and the person who there ain't nobody meaner than Tamina. And then she talks about Apollo Crews, but before... She could say anything else. Uh, Aziz grabbed a mic and stopped the celebrations. And Apollo Crews was talking about how, uh, why must you dishonor me with all this? And then goes on to talk about the main event, which is going to be a fatal four-way for the Intercontinental Championship. And he says he's going to beat them all, even if it's a match there, uh, where all of the odds are stacked against him. And then really awkwardly, we carried on with the Parade of Champions. As Sonya Deville welcomed Bianca Belair, and then... She was about to welcome Roman Reigns in when all of a sudden the Shield music hit, which was very strange. I thought, well, maybe they've just given up on Roman Reigns' new music for a second. But it wasn't Roman Reigns, was it? It was Paul Heyman, which means I guess now Paul Heyman's entrance music is the Shield's music, which is a bizarre turn of events, let's face it. So yeah, Paul Heyman comes out and he says, like, oh, how lovely, a big parade of champions, except it's not, is it? It's a parade of title holders. Roman isn't a title holder. He is a champion. He's not just a champion. He's the champion. He's the preeminent champion of all of sports entertainment. And he will not be just one of many in your parade of title holders. And so he's going to do it in his own time later on, obviously. And then 
goes back to Sonya, but then before anything else could happen, Bailey suddenly appears in the middle of the ring, and she's talking about how, what are you doing celebrating all these champions without celebrating me, the longest reigning champion, uh, SmackDown Women's Champion ever. You should be thanking me for putting this company on my back over the last few months, a few years with all the Thunderdome era. And then she runs down all of the champions and says they're talking about like new boy Dominic always riding his father's coattails and Rey Mysterio's massively overstayed his welcome and Natty and Tamina, she used to look up to those guys before they go crying about winning the championships. What is that all about? And then she just turns to Apollo and Aziz and is like, yeah, what up? And then uh, moves over to Bianca Belair, the biggest person who should be thanking her for everything she's done. And then she goes and cheats at WrestleMania by using her hair. She cheats at Backlash by using her hair again. She's not a champion. She's a damn criminal. And Sonya Deville should strip her of that title and give it back to the person who it truly belongs to. Bianca Belair was having none of this, obviously. It was like, oh, you want this? Come and take it from me. And then Bailey's like, oh, oh well, it's, it's not, not time. I'll, I'll get it when I feel like it. And begins to walk off. And as she does that... From out of nowhere comes Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax and they attack Bianca Belair from behind. Nighty and Tamina try to come in to even up the odds but the heels get the upper hand and then we cut to commercial and when we come back, of course, it's a tag team match player and we have a six-woman six tag to start the show. Very odd start to SmackDown. Don't understand what the whole champion parade thing was all about and it never really got explained it was just i guess a way to get to this six woman tag it was all very strange a little bit awkward wasn't hugely into it but it was fine it was inoffensive let's say and then we did get this six woman tag uh michael cole made sure to explain at the beginning of it that reginald is not here because he's being treated after the ring post exploded on raw near him not sure how much treatment you need to go through for that, but whatever, Reginald isn't here, probably a good thing. Um, Natalia gets the first hot tag, but then Bailey manages to get the upper hand of that, and then she works over Natalia until Bianca manages to get a hot tag, and she goes mad, and then she hits a big crossbody to the outside onto all of the heels, but that hurts her knee, and then after that, Bailey goes straight after it. And then eventually Tamina gets the third hot tag, uh, it's a little bit like Oprah. Everybody gets a hot tag. You get a hot tag. You get a hot tag. Um, but anyway, she does this. Uh, her and Natalia do this like catapult into a big super kick. And then Bailey manages to get her hands on the ropes uh, while she was being pinned. And then she blind tags in Shayna Baszler. And then everyone's in the ring hitting a big move on everybody else. And Bailey kind of drags Bianca to the outside, hits her with a Bailey to belly on the outside. And Natalia kicks Bailey to back to the outside but because Natalia is a little bit distracted by what's happening on the outside Shayna Baszler is still in there she is still the legal woman she locks Natalia in the Kirafuda clutch from the distraction of course uh, and Natalia taps in the middle of the ring match itself was fine nothing really to write home about uh, it was it was good fun everyone had their moments in it but the biggest thing is please 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 let's not go back to Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Natty and Tamina. Um, it's just done to death. I thought the match on Raw might be the end of it where they won the, the rematch. That should be it. I, I genuinely, at this point, I would rather have Alexa Bliss and Lily 
going up against Natty and Tamina because at least it'd be new. At least it'd be something different. We've been through this many, many, many times and we do not need this feud again. The women's tag division desperately needs new people in it, new legitimate contenders. And yeah, enough of Nia Jax and Shayna. Just get to that breakup already. It's been a long time coming. Let's just get on with it now. So please, please, please don't go back to that, which this very much feels like they are. Um, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Um, next up, it was Biggie backstage with Kayla Braxton. And this was the beginning of sort of everyone in the Fatal 4-Way that was the main event of the show got a little bit of time to say why they're going to win. And Biggie was great in this, obviously. He was just saying, uh, like, tonight I stand in the ring with dogs. And he's not talking about terriers or Yorkies. He's talking about men who have doggedly pursued their craft. Future Hall of Famers, future world champions, and all of this makes him smile because it's exactly what he asked for. It's his iron to sharpen his iron. And he's going to prove that he is amongst the very best when he wins the IC title. Really good stuff from Big E, putting over all of the people in the match, um, putting over himself at the same time. Gen he's just a genuinely likable guy, isn't he? He's just absolutely brilliant. He just comes across so lovable that you just want him to win. It's just you can't help yourself. And then after that, we got the fourth installment of Alistair Black's Tales of the Dark Father. And this one was all about his tattoos and it was entitled Beautiful Pain. And he was talking about how his father's lessons are like painfully etched on his body, uh, but his pain serves a purpose because pain is honest, pain is truth. And where would we be without this truth, this functional armor of agony, as he calls it, in which we hide our deepest and darkest sins? Uh, there's an art to being cruel. You all live proudly in your cesspool of sins and denial. All you are, it's because it's all you are. You're loathsome and blind. You're sick and dying animals. And tonight it's time to cull the herd. Um, and yeah, I, I've been saying for a few weeks, been very ready to see how this um, transmits into a character that's going to be in ring. And spoiler alert, we're going to find out later on. Uh, so yeah, um, another really good one of these. They're all really interesting. Alistair Black plays it really well. This one, he was kind of just getting more and more angry throughout it and it was showing off his tattoos and it's all just filmed really well. It looks really nice and he plays it with such conviction that you just believe the character. I really like all of this. And yeah, very excited to see what we're doing with Alistair Black. Actually on the main master, actually in ring doing things. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see for that. Uh, so next up we saw a bunch of Instagram videos that Shinsuke Nakamura has been putting up with him just kind of wearing Corbin's crown all the time. And then Corbin was in the ring and he was like oh, uh, on the microphone and he's talking about how he's going to come out and he was going to let his actions do the talking. But then he saw that video and it's the most disrespectful thing he's ever seen. Like oh, he's not a real king. A real king wears $40,000 watches and drives a Ferrari and has dogs of war for some reason. I don't know why kings have to have dogs that fight wars. Um, but he says, well, you don't have some fat tabby cat because Jinscape showed the crown with his cat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's going to take back his crown. He's going to have it cleaned and polished and he's going to put it back where he belongs on his noggin. Um, he did not use the word noggin. Uh, so yeah, we're carrying on this king versus king. I'm stealing your crown business from last week. Don't entirely know why. But this time, there's a little bit of a twist involved because he calls out Shinsuke Nakamura and something 
wonderful happens and an absolute favorite of the What Culture office comes out with his flying V guitar noodling away and it's Eric Bugenhagen or Rick Bugs or Rick Boogs with a double O for some reason now apparently. And he comes out and he shouts, I'm Rick Boogs. And then he spells his name because he needs to explain the name change. Um, and he says, I've come here to rock with the real king of Smackdown. And then he starts riffing out Nakamura's entrance music. And then he plays along to it as, as Nakamura comes out. And they just kind of rock out on the entrance ramp. And I love it. Uh, if you don't know Rick Boogs, he has been with the company. He signed it back in like 2017. He's been with NXT for a while except he never really got a proper run on NXT. He, he kind of did a, this amazing debut a few years ago, which I strongly suggest you go look up on YouTube because it was absolutely fantastic and immediately made him a, a What Culture Office favorite. And we're all kind of obsessed with him to the point that we even recreated the exact moment, uh, which you can go onto my Twitter at FillMyChambers if you want to have a look at that. But yeah, we all absolutely love the guy. Um, he was... The guy in the Old Spice commercial on WrestleMania when he won the 24-7 title. And yeah, now he's on SmackDown. No, no um, insight or anything as to whether this is a long-term thing or whether this is just a really weird one-off. Hopefully it's a long-term thing because he's fantastic. He's brilliant. He's just so much fun. And he genuinely looked like he was having the time of his life while he was doing this. It's just, it just puts a smile on your face. It's really good stuff. Um, as for the match, though... It was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. It was pretty much the exact same match as last week, except this time Nakamura gets the roll-up win because we have to do the 50-50 bucking because it's WWE. It was just a back-and-forth match, very, very much like that match last week. Um, the only biggest difference, I guess, being that Boogs was there, obviously, and he was kind of running around ringside with a guitar, and then at one point he just stood on the commentary desk and started playing Nakamura's music. Obviously, this distracts Baron Corbin because that's just wrestlers just cannot help but be distracted. And uh, Shinsuke gets the roll up on him, and then they kind of just rock out on the rampway. Now, <laughs> if it didn't have Bugs on, I would probably uh, be saying how terrible this was and how we're just going around in circles with 50 50 booking and distraction finishes and roll ups. But it had Bugs in it, so I'm kind of into it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is still two matches where it's kind of been a bit of a distraction-y finish. And WWE really, really needs to fix this because it's getting old real quickly. Uh, but yeah, Sonya Deville was backstage next with Jimmy Uso and he's talking about how the best tag team that SmackDown's ever seen is ready to go. And Sonya's like, really? Like, I saw what happened last week. If you check with Jay, is this okay? And Jimmy just said that, like, I wouldn't be here if I didn't know that he had my back. And blah, blah, blah. We want the smoke. They want it. They want the street profits next week. And Sonia is very excited by this prospect. She says that a match of that caliber needs to be advertised ahead of time. So let's do it next week. Sonia Deville should really tell the Royal Creative team about this uh, whole advertising matches in advance thing. It'd be a game changer over there. Uh, but anyway, so that's going to happen next week, and there's more fallout from that later on, so we will get there. And then, yeah, Kevin Owens has his backstage 
uh, interview, uh, backstage promo segment, where he talks about how he's going to powerbomb Sammy so hard that he'll forget the word conspiracy. He's going to hand Big E the big L. He's going to hit half a dozen stunners on Apollo. And if Commander Aziz gets in his way, he's going to shove his thumb so far up his ass that he's going to be able to hit the roof of his own mouth with the Nigerian nail. And he's going to become a three-time IC champion. Um, good stuff as ever by Kevin Owens, just hyping up the main event, which I was definitely hyped for by the time it bowled around. And then we see Roman Reigns coming out. He obviously saw what happened with Jimmy and Jay a few moments ago, and he's not happy about it, but he comes out, and it's time for his part of this champion's parade celebration, whatever it was, I don't know. Um, he basically got on the mic. He said he's a humble man. He um, actually takes every opportunity he can to teach his sons about humility, and he doesn't like to brag, so he's going to take this opportunity to allow his special counsel to celebrate him. And Paul Heyman was very pleased with this, very, very pleased with himself and his opportunity here. He goes on to say what a unique surprise this is. Um, and then he talks about Roman Reigns and how he's been undefeated since his return, how he scared the fiend back over to Raw, how he humanized the monster Braun Strowman, how he baptized his cousin back into the championship bloodline. He KO'd Kevin Owens. He scored the most dominant pinfall in the history of WrestleMania against Edge and Daniel Bryan. He caved in Edge's face to the point where we may never see him again. He took personal pleasure in banishing Daniel Bryan off SmackDown into a life of Bella retirement. He beat the strongest and most talented grappler in WWE in Cesaro at WrestleMania Backlash on his own with no one's help at Cesaro's own game. And it's been a career highlight to celebrate and acknowledge the preeminent champ in all of WWE and sports entertainment. And he talks about how your whim, Roman Reigns, let alone your wish, is Paul Heyman's command. And what does Roman Reigns command? Well, he asks for Jimmy Uso. So Paul Herman runs over to the people at ringside and he's like, play James Uso's music now. Like, get him out here. Get out, Jimmy Uso. Uh, but he doesn't come out, of course, does he? Because uh, Cesaro comes out and he's got his arm in a sling and Roman Reigns just looks like it's, this is a ludicrous thing. He just like cut this bum's music. Like, you must be lost. What the hell are you doing here? And Cesaro says that he was in the back and he was looking for Seth Rollins, but he couldn't find him. But he could hear this annoying yapping in his ear and he realized that it was you. And Roman was saying, like, what are you going to do? Like, you've only got one arm. Do you want me to take your other arm? And Cesaro had the fantastic Monty Python quote. He was like, oh, it's just a flesh wound. I'll fight you with no arms. And then he calls out Roman Reigns and he asks me and you in hell in a cell. But before Roman could answer. Seth Rollins attacks from behind. He slams Cesaro into the steel steps on the outside and he really goes after his arm and then a bunch of refs and officials are like dragging Seth away but he gets free from them and he runs back and he does a big arm drag and takes Cesaro down and then he hits him with a curb stomp on the outside and he gets dragged off again and then he gets away from them again and he runs back and he hits them with another curb stomp on the steel rampway this time and they get a stretcher out to wheel Cesaro away and then it kind of goes to commercial and when we come back Seth Rollins is like pacing in the backstage area and Megan Medant comes up to him going like what the hell happened and Seth was talking about how oh, I don't know what happened I blacked out and then Cesaro kind of gets wheeled past in the background and that distracts Seth and he runs over and like grabs Cesaro on the stretcher and he's like shaking him and saying like why do you do this to me why do you make me this person when are you going to be going to learn and Seth 
Marlins is just absolutely tripping out. Um, this is all really good. Starting with the Roman Reigns stuff, obviously every single week the Roman Reigns stuff is absolutely brilliant, but just the character point of him thinking he's being incredibly humble by just allowing Paul Heyman to wax lyrically about how absolutely fantastic he is. Um, and then Paul Heyman's face as he just gleefully did it and went along with it. These two as a pairing are absolutely fantastic. And the whole time Jey Uso was just in the background kind of just with this worried face, like he has no idea what could happen next in any uh, specific situation. Really, really good stuff. Um, Cesaro, not sure where he thinks he deserves the Hell in a Cell match. He did kind of get beaten completely clean by Roman Reigns on his own at the pay-per-view, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, you've got to imagine something in Hell in a Cell. Do you reckon it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Jimmy Uso at Hell in a Cell? That would be a great callback to what happened last year. And it, it's, it's kind of a perfect time for it to roll around. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I don't see, I assume this is going to be right off Cesaro for a little bit, at least. Um, with Cesaro, it was the way Seth took him out and how his arm was already in a sling and things. So we're going to write off Cesaro for a little bit, give him a bit of time before he comes back again and hopefully go on to a great program with Seth, maybe going through to SummerSlam. And yeah, I mean, if this ends up with Roman versus Jimmy in Hell in a Cell, I'd be down with that. That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, all of them playing their roles perfectly in this. And this iteration of Seth Rollins as well, I've got to say, like just absolute maniacal, crazy Seth Rollins. He's playing this really, really, really well. Uh, I really, really enjoy it. So all of this, big thumbs up, fantastic stuff. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life. Like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. And then it was time for the Mysterios to come out. Uh, and then the Dirty Dogs kind of followed. And Robert Roode was talking about how, well, he was talking to Dominic and saying, like, don't let that big win go to your head. Like, your dad did all the work. Like, like he has your entire life. It's just, it's all the same. And now this bring your son to work day is over because you do not belong here. And then we did get Robert Roode versus Dominic. And it was really quick, but it was fine. It was quite fun. Um... Robert Roode was mostly in control for all of it, kind of throwing Dominic around, but then Dominic managed to like get a few moments in, hitting a big crossbody, and then he went for a tornado DDT, but he misses, and Roode goes for a powerbomb, which then gets reversed down to get him into the 619 position, but as he's running to hit him with the 619, Ziggler jumps on the apron to get involved, and then Ray takes him out on the outside, and just as you think it's going to be yet another distraction finish, because Robert Roode is rolling up Dominic Mysterio, he kicks out, and then he 
uh, Rude goes into the ring post with his shoulder. He gets hit with a 619. Dominic hits the frog splash and Dominic wins. And you can't even count this as a distraction finish, even though there was a distraction in the match. At least it didn't involve the finish. Um, so yeah, this was fine. A good win for Dominic Mysterio. I, again, much like the women's tag division, needs a bit of new blood in here. Yeah, we just need something new. And I'm not entirely sure what at this point. The Usos are so wrapped up in the Roman Reigns storyline. I know they've got their, I guess, probably first match back together in a long time, which will be coming next week, which is supposedly the Usos versus the Street Profits. Um, but I guess there's more to talk about this because straight away after this, Jimmy and uh, Jay were backstage and Jimmy's really, really excited because he's talking about how, like, oh, yeah, next week it's going to be me and you. And Jay's just questioning him, going, like, what the hell? Like, you made a tag match without telling me first? And Jay's, like, Roman says he doesn't need you. Well, like, you don't need him either. Like, you won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale without him. We won the tag team titles without him. Like, man up. This isn't about him. It's about us. And Jay just says, like, like I still need to tell Roman about it. I owe him that much. And just oh, this look on his face, poor, poor Jey Uso, he's just completely torn and has no idea what's going on. He's just so beaten down at this point. Um, but yeah, this carries on and you see Roman with Jay back and uh, Jay's just saying to Roman, like, look, he made the match. I had nothing to do with it. But since we've got the Street Profits next week, but before he could finish his point, Roman stands up and he's like, we? Who's we? Like, the tribal chief and the right-hand man, that's we. Everything we've been through, like, your brother is being selfish right now. Like, this is we. What we do represents our family, represents each other. Like, don't forget that. And then he leans in and whispers something in Jay's ear. And Jay looks very worried at the prospect of whatever it was that he whispered that I guess we're going to find out next week. And then after this as well, we get a little... Uh, little promo from the Street Profits backstage and they're like doing impressions of the Usos from last week and they call him a Luigi brother and do the whole we want the smoke. So it's, we are building towards the Usos versus uh, the Street Profits and getting the Usos into this tag team division would be a huge um, breath of fresh air into it at this point. But I just don't know how much actual tag team division storylines we can do with the Usos when they're so tied up with the Roman Reigns stuff. And if we are leading to something of a Jimmy Uso versus Roman Reigns at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view or something like that. It's going to be a while, at least, before we can get any kind of Uso's um, tag team action. So I don't know what's next for Ray and Dominic. Probably another Dirty Dogs match at some point down the line. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's, yeah, just like I say, the tag team division desperately needs some new blood, uh, some new storylines, some new angles. Hopefully with Ray and Dominic as the champions for a while, we can get something a little bit different out of it, but we'll have to wait and see. So then we get Sami Zayn backstage with Kayla Braxton, and he's, uh, she's interviewing him, and she starts off by saying, like, as a former IC champ, but before she can finish her question, Sami Zayn just goes absolutely nuts at her, like, you don't think I could see what you're doing? Like, you're trying to clog my head with negative thoughts right before my match? Like, you're just a big corporate hack, a big propagandist. You're trying to minimize me like everybody else does. Like, don't think I hear people like Kevin Owens. Like, I will never forget this conspiracy. The document's going to come out and it'll all be exposed. And he's going to reclaim the IC title tonight. And the persecution of Sami Zayn ends tonight. 
and then it was time for the main event. They gave it a good 20 minutes and it was absolutely brilliant. It was Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens versus Big E versus Apollo Crews. And yeah, all four of them just went and put on a fantastic match. I'm really glad this wasn't in the pay-per-view in hindsight because they got plenty of TV time here. They main evented. It made the IC title feel important. Um, and it was just absolutely fantastic and had a big twist of an ending. It was everything that you could want from TV wrestling. Really, really good stuff. I've got loads of notes from this match, I've only just realized. Um, but just because there were so much spots, it was so fast-paced. There was action all over the place. So many near falls. It was fantastic. So, yeah, like immediately as the bell rang, uh, KO goes straight after Sami Zayn, obviously, and Big E goes straight after Apollo because obviously that's where all the big stories land. And then sort of... A, Biggie hits this big splash on uh, Sami Zayn and Apollo Crews, like on the apron. And then KO does a big dive over the top. And then we go to our first commercial. And then uh, Apollo Crews is throwing everyone into the steps on the outside. And then he hits a moonsault off the apron onto Kevin Owens. But then Sami Zayn hits a moonsault off the barricade onto Apollo. And then Kevin Owens gets them all in the back into the ring and hits a swanton onto Sami for a close two. And then Apollo Crews is just Germaning Big E all over the place with the three German suplexes. And KO breaks up a pin with a senton. And then uh, there's an exploder suplex into the corner. And Sammy's going in, running in for the halluva kick. But he misses. And then KO goes for the stunner. But it, Sammy manages to roll him up. Uh, kick out of that. And then Sammy hits him with a Michinoku driver. It's just near falls all over the place throughout the whole thing. Uh, KO does his fisherman brain buster off the top rope. And then Apollo slams KO like onto the apron. And as he does that, Big E spears him through the ropes to the outside. And then Big E's sort of belly to belly in everybody. And then KO comes in. He like misses the pop-up powerbomb on Sami Zayn. But then Sami Zayn hits him. But then hits Sami after that with a neck breaker. And then like Apollo Crow's uh, is going for like a T-bone suplex in the corner, but Big E comes and he like Germans him from behind at the same time. So Big E's Germaning Apollo, who's T-boning uh, Sami Zayn into this big spot. And then as soon as that lands, KO comes down with a big frog splash um, for a really close two count. And then KO, Kevin Owens is hitting cannibal balls on everyone. Sami Zayn's hitting a blue thunderbomb from Mega Close 2. And then KO is hitting super kicks to everyone and pop up power bomb to Apollo for a really close two count. And then Sammy and Owens are like wrestling about on the outside. Sammy hits like a half Nelson suplex onto KO on the outside. And then Zayn runs in and he's going for the halluva kick. But then Big E runs in and hits him with a urinagi. And then Big E, he hits the big ending onto Apollo Crews. And just as you think Big E's going to get the win and get his IC title back off Apollo Crews, Commander Aziz grabs his leg and pulls him out of the ring. Big E lays out Aziz on the outside. And then as he's going back in the ring to take out Apollo Crews yet again, kind of some of the lights go off in the arena and the whole place like fills up with fog and then it points to the entrance ramp and it's really bright with all the fog and then from out of all the fog comes Alistair Black wearing this like black hooded robe thing takes the robe off gets in the ring and he kind of stares down Big E and as he does that Apollo Crews grabs Big E's leg kind of half hiding from him and half just holding onto him for dear life and Alistair Black slams Big E with a black mask just absolutely takes his face off with it and then he walks out Apollo Crews gets the pin on Big E one two three Big E wins celebrating like it was the best thing ever as Alistair Black just kind of stares down Big E from the rampway so Alistair Black is back in ring on Smackdown 
looks like he's getting thrown into this icy title scene, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's just full of fun, really, really good talent at the minute. So there's a lot they can do there. First feud, I guess, is going to be Big E, it seems like anyway. Unless he's just going to sort of take out random people each week. Um, not sure how I feel about the Big E thing, mainly because I was hoping like there was all the rumours about Big E and getting his big push sort of towards the top of the card. And I was hoping that by losing the IC title, that would kind of help elevate him, like he'd lose upwards and move on to the sort of next echelon of uh, competitors. But if then he goes into this thing with Alistair Black, like Alistair Black can't lose his first feud back because that would be ridiculous. So that's two feuds that Big E will have lost in a row. And I'm not sure what that does to Big E's stock. But at the same time, you couldn't ask for more of a babyface to go up against Alistair Black's heel. And it's just everything that Alistair Black's been talking about through these Tales of the Dark Father vignettes. Like, that's pretty much everything that Big E, like, stands for. Like, he is this, like, powerhouse of positivity, as they say. Um, and also, just the match itself would be absolutely great. Alistair Black versus Big E is a really interesting prospect. Uh, so I'm going to have to wait and see what happens with all of that but very very glad to have Alistair Black back on TV hopefully this is a prolonged push and yeah his main roster runs have been patchy at best let's say uh, so hopefully this is a renewed focus for Alistair Black and, and actually something he can get his teeth into and a decent good long push from it uh, and same for Apollo Crews but like uh, for Big E, sorry. But as for the match itself, the match itself was absolutely fantastic. Definitely the best thing on SmackDown. Really fantastic way to end the show. Really put the IC title as this sort of top tier thing that people really, really want to go for. Um, a fantastic showing from all four of the people involved. Really, really good, fun stuff. This is what you want from your IC title scene. And this is yeah, just the people that are involved in it. You just can't really go wrong with it, can you? They're all absolutely fantastic talents. Uh, so yeah, like in all, a really, really good, solid SmackDown. A really odd start, <laughs> but it got us where we needed to be. Um, lots of different story beats coming out of this, obviously with the Alistair Black stuff, waiting to see what happens with that next week. Loads of the stuff with the Roman Reigns and Jay and Jimmy Uso. We're going to have to find out what Roman Reigns whispered to Jay Uso. Is he going to make Jay turn on Jimmy in this match next week? Is Roman Reigns going to cost them the match? Are they going to win the match? I like. There's so many different directions that we can go with this that I'm all very interested to see. Um, other things... Women's, type, women's scene, I guess, in general, still needs a bit of work. Still don't quite know what's going on with Bianca Belair's title run. It could be a lot better than it is. Um, so there's work that needs to be done there. And what happens next? I assume they're going into another match with Bailey, which is fine. Uh, I didn't think their match at Backlash lived up to my expectations, at least. And I think there's definitely more that they can do together. Um, but then you throw in all this with the women's tag scene and it just feels like we're going backwards with that rather than forwards into something new. And still, still, we're getting matches where the women's tag champions are mixed in with the women's champions where it's just completely unnecessary. You are allowed multiple segments involving the women on the show. It doesn't all have to be wrapped up in one. So definitely still room for improvement, but a really, really solid show 
overall. Uh, and that's it. That was the Smackdown Review podcast. I was on my own, so thank you very much. And I hope it wasn't too terrible. Uh, next week, I'm hoping, hoping to have a bit of a special guest. It won't be Gareth. He is off next weekend as well. Um, so yeah, hopefully a bit of a special guest coming in for next week. Um, and then after that, Gareth will be back indeed. Um, but yeah, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. And leave us a five-star review. Why not? Because it puts a smile on Adam Wilborn's face. Thank you very much for listening. I have been Phil Chambers. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilMyChambers. And you can follow all of us at WhatCultureWWE. And most importantly, have yourselves a bloody good day. Goodbye. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas... You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>